Welcome back. It is Super Fan Sports. I'm your host, Dio Reynoso. I'm here with my co-host, Donovan Behan. Hey, what's going on? Uh, hey, guys. So today, we're going to give you guys a little breakdown of what's going to happen for all the people that have been complaining about it. We've gotten a few of them. Uh, so the way we're going to start <laughs> is... so. You know, we give you guys the news. We're going to talk today about the NCAA championship, what happened. Uh, we're also going to break down the Masters for all the golf people out there that want to hear about our Masters takes. Uh, we're also going to break down our very first full mock draft where me and Don are going to go head-to-head and try to ruin each other's mock drafts. Don, are yeah. you excited for that battle? Oh, I'm excited. It's just for the first round. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going all seven yeah. rounds and making people fall And that'll be for the predict the future. Be- um, and Don, congratulations. Give us a high five because someone prayed for our parlay out there. We hit it, both of us. Both again. of us in the same week. So I hate you, it. <laughs> no, I loved it because at least someone, if they followed at least one of us, yeah. made some money. So yeah, that's no, always a good some thing. Some people made some money. Uh, they're really happy. We're rich again. We hit really, really well on our bets. And uh, yeah, can't wait to do it again this week. Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. But let's start with the news, guys. The news really popping today. The Panthers traded for Sam Darnold. Don, can you break down what happened exactly? Uh, well, Darnold got sent to Carolina. Uh, and yeah. exchange for a sixth round pick this year and a second and fourth round pick next year. I think they got more than I would have expected. Yeah, that's a lot. I, I would have just thought one second round pick, but all that. Please. Yeah, or like a sixth and a second, but the extra mm-hmm. fourth is kind of what's making me close when, my eyes. When you look at it, the Jets gave up a first round pick and three second round picks to the Colts to get Sam Darnold. Obviously, this isn't what you want when you do a trade like that, but uh, it could have been worse. No, you because yeah. Darnold was an early round QB. You could have asked for a lot. Yeah. Um, look, I really do believe in Sam Darnold. I've been saying it for a long time. I love Sam Darnold. I think he's a franchise guy still. Um, I think he's a little broken, but I love Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator there in uh, Carolina. I love Matt Rule. I've talked about Matt Rule. Matt uh, Coach Ja Rule. He's a beast. <laughs> he um, is. I think that they're going to build a really good culture. He's got a lot of weapons there. And I'm um, actually sliding the Panthers into a sleeper uh, wildcard team for me. I wouldn't be surprised on that. I mean, you still have Christian McCaffrey, who a lot of people forgot about He's last explosive. season because yeah, he'll be fine. injury. Yeah. So you're having the best, I think, just all around yeah. running back coming out of the backfield for him. He has a lot of weapons. A good O-line. If, defense if he can't needs get to get it bolstered. done this season, then Darnold's done. If he yeah, can't, he's done. If he he's can't got develop here... He's got one there. Well, Joe Brady has magic. Everywhere he goes, he somehow makes that quarterback way better, revitalizes careers. I think Joe Brady's another, a future amazing head coach. Uh, I thought he was going to get a head coaching job already, but, you know, another year, that's fine. No, and it doesn't surprise me. The GM uh, fighter for the Carolina was really high on Darnold Mm -hmm. during the draft. Um, It's just now a big question mark on what's going to happen with Teddy. Yeah, so what's going to happen with Teddy? Let, let, you want to make a quick prediction? I know this is usually reserved yeah. for predict the future, <laughs> but let's uh, let's make a quick prediction. Obviously, Teddy's going to get traded. We don't have any sources on where. Maybe he might even stay on the team. If I had to make a ruling right now, I think New England should go after him. Oh, I think it would be a great spot for New England. I think it would be perfect. I don't want Chicago. I know a lot of people are linking Chicago. I don't think it will be a good match for them. No. I think He's just a little bit better, Nick Foles. He's not what they need. He doesn't fit the culture of Chicago in a lot of ways to mm-hmm. me. He's kind of just that in-system guy. Yeah. Chicago wants some more flash in the pan. Um, I don't think he gets cut whatsoever because if it's he a does, it's $15 million against the Yeah, camp. I know. And that's if they do the savings way after June 1st. So I don't see him being there. I think they restructure and try to get him out of there. Do, do you have any idea of a team, or you're just like, it's too early to tell? It's a little early to tell, because okay. I, I think Patriots, they win after Cam, mm-hmm. knowing something like this might come up in Carolina. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't surprise me if, like, I like the Patriots. As I, I, think I like New England. Uh, another team is, like, maybe the Steelers are like, hey, let's make an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Saints are like, hey. We had him a few years ago. Bring him back. Let's run it back, you know? No, that'd, we'll be, see. that'd be great options with the yeah. draft so close, though. I think they're going to wait and see after the yeah, draft. Yeah, I think you have to wait and see after. And moved. Then the Panthers will be calling all the quarterback needy teams and be like, hey, what do you want for him? Exactly. Um, yeah, more NFL news. Uh, last week, we didn't get to cover it, but the NFL has added a 17th game. Um, I really don't understand how this works out. What I will say is I don't love it. I so, don't love it. How the official ruling is is saying that there's going to be one interconference game based on the prior year standing rotating on a four-year cycle. Okay. So that's just a lot of gibberish talk for 
if you're the number one seed in your division, you're mm-hmm. going to be playing a number one seed in a different conference. So like if you're the number one AFC team in the West, you're going to be playing a different number Correct. one team in so the NFC. The Colts were the number two seed in the AFC South, our number two team in the AFC South, which means they'll be playing the number two team in the NFC South, who were the Buccaneers. Yeah, that'll so, be a game. Yeah, that'll be the game for this season. Yes. It, it it is going to be a little strange where the NFC West is playing the AFC North. Correct. This season and vice versa, the AFC uh, West is playing the NFC North, mm-hmm. and that's just going to rotate every few years. Yeah. Same as we have a lot of interdivisional well, games rotate. I, I, me and you both kind of expressed we don't love the seventeenth game. Um, I know it, it adds more fantasy football. That's great. No, it I adds, love that. It adds more dates for us to bet on. That's cool. But like. These guys already bust their ass off for 16 games. I think if you're going to add a 17th, they should have added a bye week. They're not getting that bye week. It obviously shows that they're moving to a 18-game schedule in the next five years because that's on the board. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense to get back to that even number. I personally, if you're going to run it this way, I would have added that secondary bye week mm-hmm. or extended the cap so you could have more role players come in. Exactly. You see that a I, lot with like you can't the, extend the cap because of the COVID year. I think it was too much for them. Maybe this was them saying, "Hey, we need more revenue because of COVID. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, let's add that seventeenth game." But it's just you're going to see a lot more middle of the season Injuries. rotations. Yeah. I think of just backup guys yeah. filling in a little bit more to carry that yeah. load so your stars see, could carry on. Yeah, it, it's, we're going to see a lot more running backs get drafted, I'll tell you that. Oh, that's so true. Um, hey, one of the best rules proposed in this offseason, this is something I've been arguing about for a very long time. The NFL is now, uh, the Chiefs brought up a rule a few weeks ago mm-hmm. saying players should be allowed to wear whatever number they want, just like college. Uh, there are a few restrictions on linemen and D-linemen and linebackers and stuff. That but makes for the sense most, for like the reporting and all that. For, for the most part, most skill players will be allowed to wear numbers 0 through 49. Corners, safeties, receivers, running backs, uh, linebackers, and quarterbacks go 0 through 19. Um, they will be adding the number 0 as well. I this, love it. This rule is likely to be passed in the upcoming weeks before the draft. There are already players tweeting out what jersey numbers they want. Darius Leonard for the Colts said he wants to wear number 12. I know uh, other players on the Ravens have said they want to be number 7. Marquise Hollywood-Brown said mm-hmm. he'd like to be number 7. Which would be a lot of fun. It'd be exciting. I can't wait for this rule to pass. No, I, I would love it because... If those of you guys don't know the history of this rule, the mm. only player in recent history that's gotten away with having a number out of position is Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery, the Stanford boy. Yeah, because he played a year when he was drafted as wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So that's why he got the number 88. Yeah. Played a year and then was converted into a running back by the Green yeah. Bay Packers. That's awesome. And the NFL made it, like, they had to go to the NFL court, make a ruling mm-hmm. that's saying, hey, he did start as a wide receiver, so he gets to keep the receiver yeah. number. That's the only player I could think of that it's, has that. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I really can't wait for that rule to start, and I'm going to buy a jersey. I'm oh, going to buy a jersey, and it'll be great. If if I see Lamar change his number, I'm keeping my old one yeah. and buying the new one. I'm just going to rotate him because I think that would look awesome. Yeah. It's like it'll be great. It'll be great. in both ways. Um, we have some MLB news. I want to talk about two things. One thing I'm going to spring on you out of nowhere. Love it. Well, let's talk about it right now. Uh, did you watch opening day, any of the games? I did watch a few of them, yes. Did you hear what happened with the Dodgers? I didn't. They hit a home run that didn't count. Yes. So what happened was uh, Bellinger hits a home run. It falls out of the guy's glove uh, and falls out of uh, off the fence, allowing yeah. it to be a home run. Justin Turner is running around the bases, thinks he, it was an out, so he runs back, passing Cody Bellinger. Once he passes him, it's an automatic, automatic out, out, and Bellinger's home run becomes a one run. Uh, he ends up just at the first base. They lose the game. Yeah, which is <laughs> it was, it was a crazy it's thing. Hilarious. No, it was funny as hell watching that live because yeah, like you don't know a lot of the time because the guy the guy came the yeah. outfielder came down looking like he yeah, had the ball. I thought he, he wasn't had it like too. looking like oh my yeah. goodness I dropped it. He I, he showed up with confidence. That's that's gonna be one of the plays that's definitely gonna be in our award show at the end of the MLB season. I can already feel it. That's I don't know. Be if, amazing. The only thing that can beat it is what happened in the Angels game yesterday. Um, when they played against the Astros. Exactly. And we have a reporter that was there. Uh, O.C. Tanner, uh, our Angels reporter, was actually live at the game. We don't have a snippet of him uh, because he's currently incarcerated for doing this. Uh, but he blew up a trash can and threw it 
on the field. So those of you that don't know, the Astros with their cheating scandal have been getting a lot of hate throughout the entire MLB. As they should be. As they should, in my opinion, definitely. And the Angels fans is one of those weird things where they're actually teaming up with the Dodgers, their cross-town rivals, essentially, mm-hmm. to just troll the Astros Well, they're also division rivals, and they feel like, hey, you guys are cheating against us as well. Yeah, without so a doubt they were. fans were just pulling trash cans out of the stadium and throwing, throwing them, them on the field. Yeah, it started with the inflatable fake trash can yeah. zone blew up in the outfield and threw out there, and then it just went off from there. And People from like the second deck were throwing trash cans onto the look, field. O.C. Tanner, we love you, buddy. Shout out to O.C. Tanner. You're the best. He's starting a revolution. No, one of the one of my favorite things about this, there's a sign a fan was holding out there, and it said, if you're looking for a sign from God, the Astros probably stole it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, can't, <laughs> I want the Astros to get beamed every game. I want them to be suspended for 10 years, along with the Red Sox. Awesome. Because neither of them gave up their World Series. Correct. Um, a little update also on our bet. Uh, the Orioles started at 3-0. and I'm um, loving it. And then lost yesterday 11-2. to two. Yes. That, so when they played a real good team, that's what happens. No, that, that's expected from yeah. the Orioles. Um, great news. Stanford wins the NCAA Women's Championship. They played another Pac-12 school, Arizona. Came down to the wire where a girl missed a three-point shot at the last second. Misses. Mm-hmm. Stanford recovers. Game over. Stanford wins the NCAA championship in women's division. Congratulations to the Pac-12. Congratulations to Stanford, my wannabe alma mater, uh, my favorite <laughs> school in college athletics. Uh, I'm super proud of these girls. Amazing championship. Their first championship since 1992. I love you guys. Congratulations. No, this is great. Um, for, like you said, it was the f- two Pac-12 teams. It was actually the first time two Pac-12 teams ever competed each, well, against each other for the women's title game in NCAA Correct. history, yeah. which is great. Tara Van Deer, who is the uh, head coach for Stanford, mm-hmm. this season became the winningest head coach in women's college basketball history. I love it. I so love it. So top it off, uh, Pat, uh, passing up uh, Pat Summit. Mm-hmm. She's also one of the few black coaches to ever win just an NCAA championship mm-hmm. as a coach. Um, I, I do want to say Ara McDonald for Arizona tried her heart out. She was the she one did. that missed that last yeah. second three. Also is the highest scoring player of the entire women's tournament. She was amazing. She should have won player of the year over that Buckets chick uh, for UConn. Definitely, but still, this was just a Paige great Buckets game. was her name, yeah. Look, I loved the women's NCAA championship next year. We'll cover it a lot. Uh, we'll cover it just as much as the men's championship. It just doesn't get the coverage that people want. But, hey, we're here for you, Stanford girls. We love the Pac-12, and congratulations. Our last bit of news Aaron Rodgers is the new host of Jeopardy for two weeks. Alex Trebek, RIP, passed away. Uh, they're looking for a new host, and they've been bringing people in. Aaron Rodgers is here. He's going to host it, and I can't wait to watch him crash and burn. Yeah, he has, I think, a total of 10 episodes that he's going uh, to host, the first yeah. one just being released the other day. Well, he's going to – all right, so I think it's going to be a lot like his career. He's going to have a really great, like, beginning of the, his run, and the last, like, Two week last like three days. He's his his whole organization is just gonna flop, and he's just gonna be there standing in a pile of blood, which would be hilarious. He yeah. actually wants to try to do this full time on top of being yes. the Packers quarterback. He said, "I on, think he can do it." Oh, he could. He broke down mathematically. He's like Jeopardy only films forty six times a year, and he only works for the Packers one hundred and eighty seven days a year. So that yeah. leaves over a hundred days that he could have his free time on Correct. top of this. He should do it. So if the producers ever offer it to him. And uh, I don't know if you actually watched that episode I all didn't, the way I through. Didn't. I'm not uh, white. <laughs> I think it was the funniest thing in the final Jeopardy. Uh, there's a, one of the contestants, Scott, clearly did not know the final Jeopardy answer. Just yeah. with, did not have it. And so you're supposed to write it down and you bet how much money you're putting on it. And he wrote down who wanted to kick that field goal. Just <laughs> to troll Rogers. Yes. And it was just like, oh my goodness. I love it. That. And Rogers' response was great. He goes, it wasn't mine, and that really should be asked. I'm like, yeah, boy. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers more of that. Is, is definitely not going to be playing in the NFL that much longer. He's got a, a huge career in, in entertainment after. Oh, he will. Yeah. He has the face for it. All right, guys, we're going to go on to our next segment. It is called the Masters of the Universe. We will be predicting and breaking down some of our favorites to win the Masters this year. Don't worry, it'll be quick for all the golf people that aren't into it. Uh, guys... Let's break it down. I think Dustin Johnson, will he repeat? Will he go back-to-back? He won it in October, November? About six, seven months ago, yeah. yeah. Um, 
he can win it back to back. He'll be the first person to ever do that because it's the first time the Masters were played that late in the year due to COVID. He has really good odds on my bookie. Uh, Don, what are you feeling? Well, right now he's he has he's the favorite at nine to one odds, Correct. and he did break the uh, record for least amount of strokes ever in the Masters tournament yeah. uh, last time. But a lot of that's being attributed to weather. Mm. If you watch him over the last few months, his putter has been ice cold on the greens. Correct. He's missing a lot of short game stuff. I don't think he has it in him right okay. now. Um, he is a completely different animal for the Masters. He mm. like over the last five years, he has beaten a lot of guys. Always yeah. finished in the top ten. I think I'll see him around fifth how, to seventh. How do you feel about Brooks Kepka? He's a he's a superstar in the golfing world. He shatters balls hundreds of yards down the down the uh, green. But obviously, his short game is where he he. He, he struggles falters. a lot, yeah. Um, how do you feel about Brooks Kepka going into the Masters? I mean, Brooks Kepka, he's a beat. Like you said, he could just bomb ball. I think he's averaging the longest off tee at 300 and I think seven. That's insane. 310 that's, yards off I the tee consistently. I don't know if that's accurate. But, but he's yeah. just a beast. But he is coming off a knee injury, and that's what's giving a yeah. lot of people pause on him. Um, he did get quoted as saying he's trying to find flat stretches of land to walk mm -hmm. on to assist his recovery. He is very confident. He finished second in 2019. Uh, he knows the course well. It's just that injury makes me pause a little bit. But he's definitely one of those guys that you have to watch during this entire weekend. Is there any guys for you that you're like looking out for that you think, oh, this guy's going to make an impact that, that, that no one's really talking about yet? My biggest dark horse right now is Colin uh, Moraka. Colin uh, Moraka. Yeah, he's a bit of a long shot. He's 30 to 1 odds right now. Um, he is the third youngest player to ever win a PGA championship. Oh, wow. I see him right here. At yeah, 23. Rocka, yeah. And then in 20, uh, this year, he won the WGC Workaday Championship and finished seventh at the Century of Tournaments Championship. Mm -hmm. He's 14th in putting average, has been solid on fairway shots. He's one of those guys that has a decent shot on a very technical course to make a name for himself. Yeah, I have my own guy. His name's Daniel Berger. Uh, he's my pick to win it all. Mm -hmm. He has thirty-three to one odds. He is an underdog. Yes, he doesn't. He doesn't have the bombs that everyone else has. But what he does have is an amazing 2021 season. He's been playing really, really well in these lower championships in Hawaii. He won. He's been winning. Um, I think he has this ability to step in. Uh, he's younger. I think he's 33 years old. He can step into this uh, division, into the Masters, play really, really well. I don't know if he can win it all, but this is a guy that I'm going to put a significant amount of money to even get into the top 10. Yeah, according to the PGA listing, he's in the top 20 for birdie averages, scoring averages, greens and regulation, mm -hmm. and the amount of like holes played in, uh, per eagle. Mm -hmm. He scores in the top 20 yeah, in all he, of that. He's he really slept on. I, I've seen yeah. some footage of him because I, I wanted him to learn more about the Masters. I was like, who's a guy that I'm going I'm to low-key put some money on? This is the guy. I'm going to put some money on uh, Daniel Berger. I might put some money on your guy. And we're going to see. But let's, let's, get, make, let's get our guy into the top 10. They can't win the Masters. You know? No, I would yeah. love to see it. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about the Masters, Don? Uh, no, not too much. Otherwise, it's just going to be a lot better weather than we saw last year. Yeah. So it's going to make that course a lot it's harder gonna be to beautiful. play. We're going to see this amazing course. Uh, I'm actually going to sit down and watch it because there is no March Madness. And we're going to just enjoy golf because that's what it should be. No, it should yeah. be enjoyed. Just All right, guys. We're going to get into the next segment. It is game time. All right, so, Donovan, let's have a moment of silence for UCLA. All right, that was long enough. Um, <laughs> uh, no, UCLA versus Michigan, I just want to touch it real fast. We recorded the day it was played. Uh, Michigan played their heart out. Uh, so did UCLA. Took them to the final second. I was at a comedy show watching it. I had money on the line. I won $150. Shout out to UCLA for covering the spread. I love you guys. Awesome. Beautiful. No, I mean, UCLA is just a beast of a team. They came out of nowhere. I did hate. I will admit, I was completely wrong. I hated I, I wasn't, the beginning. I wasn't right either, though. No, I mean, no one was right no, with this no team. One was. No one was. Um, I did have Michigan State beating them in the uh, the play-in four. Yeah. And they just showed up and proved everything wrong. Yeah, and they played a mind. great season, which uh, played against Michigan to get to UCLA versus Gonzaga, the best game of the tournament. Can we agree on that? Oh, I think it was. I, there were 14, 15-point underdogs. Yeah, 14 points, which I bet on. Yeah. We were together. Oh, yeah. We had dinner that watched the game. That game was stressful. 
I was freaking out at a dinner table, drinking soju, getting drunk, watching the game. It's everything sports is for. It this, was. It, it was amazing. It was a great game, which ended in an OT Hail Mary shot. Donovan, a lot of people have been debating, was this the luckiest shot you've ever seen or was it skill? I think it was one of the luckiest shots I've ever seen. I agree. Su- I think Suggs was just a running yeah. half-court heave. He's not saying Suggs isn't great. He's no. a really good draft prospect. He'll be a top-five pick. He's amazing. Was lucky. No, it was completely yeah. lucky, and I think he'll acknowledge that, yeah. too. It was just he knew. I think it was skill enough to with the strength, mm-hmm. with getting it near the hoop, and then after that it was just was the Lord's hands. one of the best college basketball games you've ever seen in your life? I think so. This is going to be one of the this, all-time highlights in NCAA history, having an underdog. Take this it is down one of the best stories like ever. This. It's almost like they didn't win the championship, but they kind of did. Like they won the people's championship. They won the people's championship. Like at the end of the day, when I put like my 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 like championship boards on the list, it's going to be like UCLA or Roberts. You know, those are the two guys that I'm like they won the tournament for me. Yeah, they were the they were the Cinderella story that everyone could get yeah. behind. Oregon and it was State great. did a lot for me too. I love those guys. Always cover the spread seven and zero. Love you guys. Um, but Gonzaga. It's a, it's a great game. They covered the spread. Amazing. Gonzaga got to go to the national championship versus mm-hmm. Baylor last night. And Baylor punched him in the mouth. It was just bad. A, Baylor was clearly the best team. I think Gonzaga, I think a big part of this was just gassed after that UCLA game. They, was you could definitely emotional. tell they came in a little bit tired. They weren't warming up the same way they normally do. And I mean, when they, they left the UCLA game, they weren't celebrating like they, they normally do. They were down 11-1. to 1. Yeah. I mean... They were they got hit with a 9-0 run to start the game. It's they had five turnovers in that. five minutes. That's it's tough, and that Baylor defense was suffocating, and they were hitting three pointers. They were five for five in the first ten minutes in threes. Mm-hmm. They were breaking three point records. They were just devastating them, and they were so athletic. Yeah, they think they were up by ten going into halftime. Yeah, but they were up. By like 19 at one point, Gonzaga rallied back. and then, But just couldn't break over that double-digit margin. No, because after halftime, Baylor's like, oh, yeah, we're still better than you. And just started going on this crazy run. And forever who bet the under and Baylor to cover the minus four-and-a-half spread, congratulations, you're rich again. Shout-out to Dio. I high-fived myself <laughs> on the camera. <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah. It was March Madness ended in a way where I made the most money I could for all the money I lost Uh no, it was, it was a great time. I think Gonzaga's defense just didn't have an answer to Baylor stretching they the floor didn't. the way they did. They left one man on the post, and everyone's still on the perimeter. And Gonzaga forced into that 2-3 defense, could not stretch the floor well enough, in my mind, to cover all the range Baylor had. They, they could not. It was such a devastating game by Gonzaga. It, it, they almost had the perfect season. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Baylor... It, everyone knew all year it was Baylor Gonzaga. Baylor Gonzaga. Oh yeah. The only reason Baylor lost two games was because they had COVID issues and they had to play games while they were not at full strength. They were at full strength against Gonzaga, which was the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. They played well. Here's the question I'm going to ask you: Do you think UCLA could have played this game tighter? Because I personally don't. I don't think so. I I think this was as good as we were going to get this season. Yes. Um, it's just because Baylor was just that good no Baylor was just that good there's very little response when they're hitting like you said five for five on three yeah. pointers to begin the game and they're shooting very consistently deep now you, there's hard for a defense I, to respond to that I do think UCLA would have played them better I don't think they would have won I still think they would have lost by 10 Baylor or UCLA has the ability to slow the game down and play at their tempo Meanwhile, Gonzaga's like, nope, we're going to go fast, just like Baylor, but Baylor's just faster and better than them. Yeah, um, Gonzaga UCLA, got a little sloppy at the end, and that's exactly. what counted for a lot of those points. So, you know, we'll never see that matchup, but it would have been great to see. At the end of the day, congratulations, Baylor, for your NCAA Men's Championship. You guys earned it, you killed it in the tournament, and you covered some spreads for us. No, they did without a doubt, and it's fine. It's good to see the Baylor basketball program revived yes. in a way because they've for- been pushing back and they've been trying to get back to the number one school yeah. and at least a consistent school for a little while. First Texas team to win the NCAA Championship since 1966. Oh, goodness. So, congratulations, Texas, you're finally good at basketball again. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're going to move on to Beast of the Week. Beast of the Week. All right, guys, Beast of the Week. Um, Don, hit me with your Beast of the Week. Um, well, we just talked about him, actually. My oh, Beast okay. of the Week is actually the whole entire UCLA basketball team. I love it. They, I 
I hated them in the beginning. I said Michigan State was going to beat that. them out. You swallowed your bullet. Yeah, I messed up there completely. There's only been five double-digit seeds to ever make it to the Final Four mm-hmm. uh, before this game. So UCLA is now the sixth team to ever yeah. do it. The closest game any of them have got to it was when VCU lost by eight to Butler. Mm-hmm. UCLA completely blew that notion out of the water, showed that, hey, they were underranked in a big way. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they, they, they did that to themselves. They lost a lot of games at the end of the season. But yeah, no, that's, and that's okay. Like they should have been noticed a little bit more in my mind. Mm-hmm. They hit fifty-seven percent of their shots, forty-seven percent from three, held the undefeated Zags on the ropes for a good amount of time. Yeah, it's just an underdog that you could root for and you could get behind. They were just a lot of fun to watch. That was a beast of the month. That they were just fantastic. <laughs> they owned March. Congratulations to UCLA. Um, my, I'm, I'm kind of in the same. Uh, vein. I I, I kind of picked the Stanford Cardinals women's for winning. Uh, but if I have to pick a specific player, it's Lexi Hall. She's the leader. She's 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 the soul of this Stanford team. She had ten points, ten rebounds in the championship game. She wasn't the leader in points or rebounds, but she's kind of the heart and soul in the defense. She had three blocks. Congratulations to her. And in the final four games, she had eighteen points, thirteen rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. She's amazing. She plays she's all over the floor. She's everywhere. She's the leader and congratulations Lexi Hole you are my beast of the week all right guys we're gonna move on to our next segment it is the gambling ring where we're gonna make you guys money again I know last week a lot of people bet with us um, so we made a good amount of people money including uh, our winner of our one dollar tournament so give it up to uh, Matt Gonzalez he had Baylor he won it all he just won a hundred dollars I Venmoed him this morning uh, so thank you Matt Gonzalez for putting in your dollar and all the other listeners that uh, you know joined our tournament no that's great to see it was a lot of fun we're Glad it worked out for us this yeah. time around, and we can't wait for more tournaments yeah. to do this. Was- Me and Don were out the first day. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. So, yeah. Um, but let's get into some of our bets for this week. Don, I have a couple bets I want to take. I'm taking the Celtics over the Timberwolves, and I will take the spread up to minus six for the Celtics. I might even take it to minus six and a half, depending on what is going on with health on that team. No, I wouldn't be mad at it. T-Wolves have been a very low-ranking team all season. Celtics are trying to fight for one of those top four seeds in the East. Go for it. No, for sure. And then I'm also going to take the Nets over the Lakers. You guys know I love the Lakers. But I'm going to take the Nets over the Lakers at a spread of minus 10. That's where I'm going to take it. I know it's a huge spread, that is a but that's where spread. I will take it at the most. If they give me 7.5, I'll take 7.5. Wow. But I'll take it up to 10. That That is a big called shot right there. Mm-hmm. Um do you, I, I know it's uh, I I happened yesterday, but uh, do you know if Harden's going to be back for this game? Because he uh, left early in the he, he, game, he will be back. Okay, for Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was projected, he, but he takes like a, a sabbatical day off where he's like, "Oh, my calf hurts because LeBron and AD aren't there." You know that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be my only precaution AD. with this game, but otherwise. The Nets' offense is just too high powered. Yeah, if, the Lakers, if they're all there, missing yeah. their stars. Uh, Don, do you have any NBA games? Um, I have one big NBA game I like. I'm liking the Bucks over the Hornets. Uh, that's going to be a Friday game. I would take them up to over seven. The Bucks here are just they're they're one of the top contending teams still. Yeah, I love the Bucks. Gordon Hayward is out for this game. Lamelo Ball is out for he, this game. I, I didn't know Gordon Hayward was out. That's huge. Yeah, he's going to be out three to four weeks. I think projected oh, after okay. his last injury. So the Hornets are, are without the their Hornets. two biggest stars at the moment. Yeah, I was going to bet the Hornets on a parlay later. We'll talk about that. Um, cool. Um, Don hockey, hockey, hockey. Golden Knights versus Coyotes. I'm going to bet the over. These teams like to score. Mm-hmm. Golden Knights are a high-scoring team. I'm taking the over at six. If it goes six and a half, I'll still take the over. Really? Yes. Okay. No, Coyotes have had a little bit of trouble in the pipes lately against the Golden Knights, at least, especially because they play a very high-tempo team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not mad at that. For me, I'm going for the Capitals to cover the minus one and a half against the Sabres on uh, Saturday. Capitals um, are only seeing nine losses on the entire season. Ovechkin, the old man that he is, is still one of the most prolific scorers. He just spots up and calls his yep, shot. He's a beast. They're the second in the league in averaging 3.42 Sabres goals. also suck. Yeah, Sabres are only eight wins, 8-23. They're yeah. the last place in goals per game, and they're 29th in goals allowed yeah. per game. I've been taking the Sabres a little bit too met, too much, though. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to go grab something else. You haven't bet on them that much. So. I haven't touched the Sabres, really, and yeah. I don't mind taking low-hanging fruit. No, I know. It's easy money. money. It's easy money. Uh, Don, let's do our Your Last Resort parlays. Last week, like we said, we both hit. I want you to go first. Since you're do- Are you doing all Friday games? No, you're doing no, Friday doing, and Saturday? doing a mix Okay, of I'm going to do mine then. 
Mine's all Saturday. Sit down with me. We're going to watch Masters, and we're going to watch me win a lot of money. Love it. All Saturday games, let's hang out. Let's watch the Nets beat the Lakers. We'll hang out and watch the Warriors take on the uh, Rockets. I'll take the Warriors on that. I'm taking the Jazz over the Kings. I'm also taking the 76ers over the Thunder. And here's the game where I... You're rolling the dice. I am. I'm taking the Trailblazers over the Pistons. I know people are like, ah, Pistons are 15-win team. Trust me, I I think this game's going to be a little bit closer than people think. I'm going to take the Trailblazers because they're trying to get in the playoffs. Yeah, the Trailblazers have to start winning a lot of games from here on out. They are a very high-powered team. Don, let's hear a parlay. For me, I'm going Friday. I'm taking the Celtics over the Timberwolves. Uh, like I said, I'm taking, uh, I'm following you there a little bit with your spread bet. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks over the Hornets because I'm betting that on the spread. Saturday, I'm liking the 76ers over the Thunder. I'm also taking the Suns over the Wizards because they're one of those teams that are trying to get a high seed. Yeah. And Capitals over the Sabers. So I'm yeah. throwing a little NHL there to, to sprinkle it in. All right, those were our Your Last Resorts parlays. Now we are going to go into our last segment of the episode. It is Predict the Future. Don, we have plenty of time to give this thing the ju- the duty it deserves, the, the justice it deserves. We're going to give you guys our first full-on NFL mock draft, all 32 teams. Donovan will be taking on the even teams. I will be taking on the odd teams, and we will be competing to see who's got the most accurate board on the you know, in the world. So we'll be posting this later on. Uh, Donovan, you're up, right? Yeah. All right. So So with the first pick, Donovan, you are on the board. Let's hear it. Well, for the first one, I don't think it's too much controversy here. Jacksonville, um, they have to take a franchise quarterback. I think everyone and their mother has Trevor Lawrence here. All right. So with the Jacksonville Jaguars first pick, Donovan's taking Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is obviously the best player or the best quarterback in this draft. Uh, whether he will be in the future, we'll see. But out of college, he's the most hype prospect since Andrew Luck at this point. Probably. He's probably a little bit better than Andrew Luck coming out of college. Um, so I have the number two pick. Um, I think everyone kind of has the same number two pick. Uh, my guy is very simple. I'm taking Wilson. I'm taking Zach Wilson at number two from BYU. I think he's, you know, I'm not super sold on him, but here's what I will say. He's got great ability to make big plays down the field. Uh, they did trade uh, Darnold, which means they don't want to, they, they got to go get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. In this offense, so I think he'll be productive in the first year. No, I think this is a situation where you should get a backup uh, and put and have him sit behind him. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I think Wilson's going number two. There you go. No, I completely agree with that. For me, I'm rolling with pick number three with San Francisco. I'm saying they take Justin Fields here. Um, Ooh, so you're going Justin Fields instead of the Mac Jones that everybody else is saying. I'm saying Justin Fields because the 49ers have to take a quarterback. They traded up for that purpose. Correct. Um, Mac Jones looks too close to Jimmy G to me in terms of like their athletic profile in terms of how they uh, protect the pocket. I think Shanahan's going to want to switch up the QB style a little bit. Fields would develop well in this and, system. And none of this has to do with how much money you have on the line. No, this me to me, this makes the most sense because Fields gets scared when you get a rush up in front of him. He mm. needs to develop that. Yeah, I think he I does. I think a run-first offense I, will help look, him calm down. I agree. Develop. I think Justin Fields in this offense would be better. I just think Shanahan loves Mac Jones because he er, – yeah, Mac, yeah, loves Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah, and and loves what he just does. He's he's playing. He does what you want him to do, and that's just what he wants out of his quarterback, just to run the play that he calls. Um, I have the fourth pick. That's the Atlanta Falcons. We both kind of agree Atlanta might trade out of this, but since we're not allowing trades, here's what we're going to do. We're going to draft for it. I think in this position, if Atlanta has the pick, they're taking the best tackle on the board and taking Penny Sewell uh, out of Oregon. I think he's a great pro ready tackle. I think he has some problems with uh, speed rushing, but I think he can develop into something really, really great on that team. No. So I think he's a great pickup. I, again, a little iffy on him coming in on this Mm -hmm. high, but, uh, no, the Falcons, they, they need something to help protect Matt Ryan. All right, Don, you got the Bengals with the fifth pick. What are you doing here? If I'm the Bengals, looking at how this draft board's going, if Suwall's going up that high, um, I'm thinking the Bengals might double down and go after Jamar Chase. They just got rid of A.J. Green. So you say no tackle, fuck the protection. I'm thinking this is a very deep tackle draft. I think this offensive line. Correct. This draft has one of the most, I think, in recent history they do, of they great do. lineman talent. I think that they all look for the second round. 
go after somebody then. Mm-hmm. I think they need a weapon. They need somebody to Do fill they that need role. a weapon though? They have Tyler Boyd. They love T. Higgins. They have they have weapons there. They do, but I think just getting, I know Jamar Chase. Jamar old Chase coach, is one of those old old, uh, old Joe Burrow's buddy. Yeah, uh, I yeah. Think Joe Burrow's gonna try to ask for him a little bit in the yeah, locker room. I mean, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I think Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow that'd be an elite receiving core. It'd probably be the best in your division. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. it would be. They yeah. they go up and contend with the Steelers. Yeah, I I think they'd be way better than the Steelers. Um, all right, cool. So I have the the Dolphins at the sixth pick, and. You kind of took my pick here, <laughs> but you didn't because I'm going to take the best player on the board. I'm taking Kyle Pitts. He's a, some people say, the best player in this year's draft. He's amazing. He's a tight end slash receiver. He's going to go up and make big plays. And what's better for a young quarterback than a reliable tight end? Nothing. Um, they have good receivers. Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Williams is there. Uh, you know, get him a tight, two tight ends, Gasicki and Pitts. That's a dangerous offense, baby. Yeah, especially with uh, Flores, like that division having an entire history of yeah. trying to copy what the Patriots do. The yeah. Patriots worked really well in two tight end two tight sets. End sets. This, would, this would add a lot of explosiveness to All right, to Don, offense. Detroit Lions with the seventh pick. Who are you taking? Lions, um, personally, I think they might trade out of this position. Yeah. I think it's a little high for them. They don't need a whole lot at the moment. They need a lot at well, the moment. Well, they need a lot, but just nothing. They just can't address it all in one pick. Exactly. So they might trade down and go after quite a few picks later yes. on. But if they're staying here. I also want to state, I think the Bears are going to move up in the draft. Oh, without a but doubt. But like in our mock draft, we're not going to. No, I'll like just that. address it when I think it yeah. is. But um, if, they, if they stay here in the seventh overall pick, I could see them going after Trey Lance. He's one of those quarterbacks. So you think they draft, they trade for Goff, and then say, oh, we're still going to get Trey Lance? Because I think Goff— And still pay for—that tr- makes no sense. No, because no Goff, sense. after this season, can be cut with next to no cap— where I think with it's no cap million. After this season? Yeah, it's $21 million. But I think Trey Lance is one of those guys— I don't think Goff is a franchise guy, and I don't think they think he's a franchise guy. I think it's too early Lance, for them to go draft a quarterback. Wow, that's— Because Trey Lance needs a season or two to develop. You could have him develop behind Goff and have a competent starting quarterback right in front. I think this would make this best sense for the long term of the Lions. The Lions do not always think long term. I will say that 100%. They're that's, a very cheap team. That's, uh, that's a bold pick. I— I don't see anyone making that pick ever. Um, but you know, I'm you're Donovan Behan. You do your own thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm with the uh, eighth pick. I have the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, on the board with their new quarterback. I think they're going to roll with him. I don't think they're going to go after a quarterback. Uh, I do think that they're going to go get someone that's you know going to make plays for them on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to take Micah Parsons here Ooh, um, for them, and uh, I think he'll be a really good player for them. No, I'm not mad at that pick he's at a, all. He's Parsons, a great inside linebacker. No, he's the best, I think, linebacker overall in this draft. I think he's draft. the best defender in this draft. Um, just pure defensive player. Him, Thompson, on the inside linebacker position, they need a hole to fill because Luke Keekley left a few uh, seasons ago. He'll be able to fit there. He'll make a big plays. And then all of a sudden the Panthers all of a sudden have a young emerging defense like the Bucks did. No, that, that yeah. very, very true there. Um, Don, you got the... Uh, but uh, the Broncos with the ninth pick. The Broncos with the ninth pick. I mean, this is a tough spot because I uh, was thinking more linebacker to address those issues. Mm-hmm. But, but the, maybe a quarterback because yeah, they hate Drew Locke. That's what I was going to flip to next. I think they might go after somebody to bring in instead of Drew Locke. Um, I think that... I already know what you're going to do. You're not going to pick Mac Jones. I have to. Yes! You left me in a spot where I have to. I don't <laughs> like this at all. Yes! But I didn't. Yeah, I have to go with Mac Jones here. He's the best quarterback left on the board. I think that if Micah Parsons isn't picked as early as he is, I don't think the Broncos do it. But I think based on what we have on our draft board, Mac Jones is the best fit for this team. It makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think you could roll the dice on Drew Locke for one more season, but if you have Mac Jones, you don't need to. If I was making my own personal mock draft, I wouldn't put five, t- uh, five quarterbacks taken in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I'd take four, though. Yeah. That's, that's just me. Um, I have Oof. the 10th pick. I think Mac Jones – wait, sorry, before that. I think Mac Jones in Denver would be a really, really good fit. No, it would be a great fit. I the, think he's so got many wide receiver receivers, weapons. tight ends. The O-line will be addressed, but like we said, there's O-line depth in this draft. Um, and you need a great – quarterback in that division you got justin herbert Derek carr and 
Patrick Mahomes. You put in a guy like Mac Jones. He is the stale bread. But maybe Wonder Bread, you know, can can outplay Derek Carr, and he'll be the second best <laughs> in that division. Uh, I have the Cowboys pick, who I despise. But there is something that the Cowboys really need, and that's cornerback help. And I'm going to give them my personal favorite corner in this draft, and it's Patrick Sertain, the second. I think he's the best corner in this draft, and he is going to the Cowboys. They definitely need help on that side of the ball. No, I completely agree there. Um, they Sertain is, uh, with Caleb Farley's back surgery, he becomes the number one corner, I think, in yeah, this draft. They said point. Caleb Farley will be ready for rookie camp and all that stuff oh no without a doubt he will be but, but it's just it, it there's is, no it is cautious yeah it's very cautious with back surgery yeah. cowboys need a lot of help with in the defense with dak Lock. caleb up. farley i still think is going to be a good corner but he is dropping um people are going to be able to pick him up for value and other corners are starting to rise it might be my next pick well, you know, foreshadowing we'll uh, don you have the 11th pick with the uh new york giants who are you going um i'm going down uh my big board a little bit here i I think the Giants go after Jalen Phillips here, the edge rusher. Yeah. They just signed Kenny G. They have a good uh, receiving core. They have Saquon coming back from injury. They don't need too many more weapons on offense. Like holes to fill, I yeah. mean. They need help on defense. And edge rushers, tightly grouped. It's more about position. It's more about compatibility into a system. I think Phillips will work well in this Phillips system. is the kid from uh, Miami, correct? Yes. Yeah, J- uh, Jalen Phillips is... Was one of the best pass rushers out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. Probably the most explosive pass rusher in the draft right now. Uh, I don't love him. I think he's good, but I don't even think he's the best pass rusher on Miami. Oh, I don't think he is, but I think that he just fits this system I think he the does best. Too. And that's, I think that's he does the whole too. reason I'm throwing him here. Um, I think he'd be great. And I think this is a great spot um, for our boy, Devontae Smith, to go. I think Devontae Smith gets taken right here. At the 12th uh, pick for the Eagles? 12th pick for the Eagles. Um the Eagles become masterminds for dropping at from 6 to 12, being able to get a receiver for their young uh, Jalen Hurts and run it back with, with a really good receiver route runner. I'm, I'm, I, I was low on Devontae uh, Smith for a while. And I'm starting to rise back up. I just love his route running and his ability to make plays. No, I completely agree. I think the Eagles purposely traded down to this spot because they didn't have a shot at Jamar Chase. They knew they didn't. Mm-hmm. So they went for their next uh, one up. Yeah. Um, for the for this coming in now, we look at the Chargers at the 13th overall pick. They have a lot of weapons on their offense. Their defense is improving. I think that they're going to go after Christian Derrissaw um, as a lineman over Rashawn Slater. I think over Rashawn Slater a little bit. I'm liking Derrissaw a little bit wow. more. His athleticism is there for me. I think Slater falls a little bit in this draft personally. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. If I think I think Derrissaw is a better tackle. Exactly, and um, that's why I think because. Like, the guards aren't terrible yeah. for the Chargers. I think, Their up I think front is not bad. Dershaw is a better tackle day one, mm-hmm. but I think Slater has the ability to be a better tackle in three years. I think so too, yeah. but they need someone to protect Herbert now. today. Correct. Because they don't have, have a left tackle. They do not they have don't. a left tackle. And they don't have time for Rashawn Slater to kind of get to that position. No, you need to protect your rookie yeah. who just got rookie of the year mm-hmm. next season. This has been the hardest pick for me. Uh, and that's the 14th pick with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't really love their need and and fit for what's on the board. Um, so here's what I'm gonna do. There is a guy, Nitty Payne from Michigan. You have him there too. I have that exact okay. same one in my All mock. Right. I love Nitty Payne. It's it's a risk. It there is a risk. a lot of because risk he, here. He did not he did not perform in college. A lot of people say it's a system. It's how he was used. He has explosive ability. He has the ability to make the big play uh, in the backfield. It's just going to be, hey, can they groom him? I know there's been a lot of uh, troubles with Griffin um, wanting to leave and get a pay raise. Maybe they can hold him out for one more year and mentor this pain kid. Uh, I think it'll be great for them. He's a good player. But they need to work on him. He needs to be coached up. Yeah, he needs to be coached up. Yeah. I think he's one of the strongest D linemen and just pure strength so in the draft. Yeah. I'm and happy we had the same pick here, finally. Yeah, we finally did. It's like for the a first bit. and second pick and then this one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then we're looking at the 15th overall pick here. Correct. Coming in now. Um, it's New England Patriots on the clock. I think, personally, they go after J.C. Horn. From South okay. Carolina. I love J.C. Horn. I've been I've been like being real quiet about this guy. J.C. Horn is one of the best players in the draft to me. I think he's super explosive. He has great zone and man coverage. I think he doesn't have the ball skills that most people want from him. But 
you know, you can live with that for a corner. Uh, he, he can make plays. He can cover the guy. Uh, it's just you're probably not going to get, like, four or five interception season from him. And you don't need that with yeah, Belichick's yeah. system. Yeah. Belichick will help him out. I yeah. One of the big things I'm pushing against is I do not think Patriots get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Belichick, I think it's too early for him. They brought Cam back for a reason. They yeah. would have just left Cam off and not signed him to a contract if they're going there, especially with Jimmy G and Teddy on the trade block now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the 16th pick with the Arizona Cardinals, and I wanted to give them another pass catcher. And I, I kept looking at Jalen Waddle. I'm like, how is this guy sliding in the draft? But then I'm like, what do they really need? Mm-hmm. They lost Harrison Riddick. They need a pass rusher. They need an interior pass rusher. So I went and got them Christian Barmore from uh, from Alabama. Alabama. He's a great pass rusher. Uh, he has this. He has his Vita Vea quality, Allen quality from uh, from the uh, Tampa. football team. No, from the football, oh, football team. team uh, Allen, uh, Dwayne Allen. Um, just this big Alabama D lineman that everyone's used to. He does get in the backfield a lot more than people expect. He doesn't do – his run game ability isn't as strong as you'd like, mm-hmm. but he is the kind of D lineman that is coming into the NFL who can get you six, seven sacks in the NFL. That's what he does. That's not bad. It's a higher than I have him. Personally, yeah, I know. I know. He's, he's a bit of a higher pick. A lot higher for me, but yeah. I, I'm not mad at it. It makes sense for the Cardinal system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that adjusts my board a little bit. I'm not yeah, mad I know, at that. Yeah, I know. What did you think I was going to go here? I, I personally had them going with the ta- uh, with an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. um, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, I have Elijah Vera Tucker sliding a little bit more just because of his uh, – his agility is not quite there, but his his and no one really knows where to put him on the offensive line. That some people see that as plus, some people don't. Rashawn Slater's still on the board as well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, huge offensive lineman. We'll see where he goes very soon. Hopefully with the next pick. No, that's what exactly where I was looking okay. at with the next pick going to the Las Vegas Raiders. I know everyone's like all the Raiders fans are like we need defense, we need defense, we need defense. If you guys did cut three out of your five linemen, if too. there is a real a world where the Raiders cut all these tackles and trade these players and still end up with Rashawn Slater. Do you remember last year when the Cowboys got C.D. Lamb and everyone's like, how the hell did he fall to him? He's a great receiver. And oh, he's, he's a beast of a receiver. He just wasn't needed by all the teams above him. Well, yeah, but they, just, they there were some teams that needed him. Yeah, that's true. They just thought, hey, we're going to go get Jalen. We're going to go get Ruggs. Yeah. This is the player for them if he ends up falling like this. Rashawn Slater is a... Pro Bowl-esque tackle or guard, wherever you want to play him. I think he's a Pro Bowler immediately. Uh, or not immediately, but like in two years. He's a really good player. Whoever, if, if the Raiders decide to continue with Derek Carr in the next two years, we'll see. He'll be there. He'll be an anchor. He's a Quentin Nelson-esque player to me. Yeah, makes yeah. sense completely. Um, I have the Dolphins next pick. They have two picks in this draft. They have the 18th pick with the Dolphins. Um, So they have a couple needs. They also have a tackle need. They have Mm -hmm. a guard need. Um, I wanted to go defensive back, but, you know, I kind of love what they're doing. Uh, I gave them another weapon. I'm going to go with them. I'm actually going to take Vera Tucker. I think this is where they're starting to say, like, hey, maybe these linemen are starting to go up a little bit faster. Teams kind of get a little nervous, and the Dolphins are like, look, we're just trying to get two of the best position he can be. I'm taking Elijah Vera Tucker right here. Yeah, I, I love that pickup. I had them, like I said, originally I had him going a little bit above Slater. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great spot for the Dolphins. I think they do trade out, but if they stay at 18, and this is a great spot. I don't to have him playing tackle. I'll have them playing guard for him, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be a guard there, and I think he'll be a really, really good piece for them. No, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I love it. Um, for me, looking uh, at what we're looking left, we're looking at the Washington football team coming on the board at 19. Uh, this is an interesting spot for them because I do think that they trade up a little bit here. I, I think they could. I think they're also fine with just running with their two quarterbacks that they have and maybe even going in Alex Smith or something out there on, on the on the quarterback market or maybe trading for Teddy. This could be a sleeper team for Teddy. This could be. Um, um, but based on where they're sitting right now, yeah. I'm I'm high on the kid Alex Leatherwood personally for them. Okay, the tackle from the Alabama. tackle from Alabama. I, I like a, him, but I don't think he's a first round pick for me. I think he'd be really really slow on pa- off the ball. Um, but once he has his hands on you, it's hard to get off of him. Yeah, it is, and I think that they need to fill that left tackle yeah. position the most. And I think he'd excel in that, just yeah. protecting Fitzmagic on that. Uh, side and he's a great run blocker mm-hmm. and that would add an extra dimension that the Washington really needs because yeah. their run game 
was not the strongest it's not last the best. season. And, you know, Gibson, you know, it'll open holes for Gibson. I like this pick. So what happened right now was three tackles, linemen came off the board, and your next pick's the Colts, who is in desperate need for a lineman. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with the Colts. Going a little right spicy. now we have the Bears. Bears are another team that I think will trade up in this draft. But if they don't, they're sitting here. The draft goes on exactly how we predict. They're looking at this roster and they go, how do we not get Jalen Waddle? Who Ooh, cares? Yeah. Who cares what happens this year? We might lose Allen Robinson next year. But we'll have Jalen Waddle. We'll have uh, these other receivers. We'll have uh, a team ready for the next regime. Jalen Waddle is going to the Bears for me. No, I, I really agree. The Bears need a little bit of explosiveness. I, I think they I have, have good receivers on this team. Mims, uh, they have another. They have key. potential. Uh, Mooney. Mooney's, Mooney's the name, not Mims. Uh, Mooney, number 11, is a really, really good down the field pass stretcher. Uh, Robinson is another guy who I think is a top 10 receiver, but who knows if he stays. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, with Waddle stretches the field, it'll be great for a young quarterback next year. Um, no, I completely agree. Uh, with how we have this draft going, I'm a little torn on this 21st overall pick for the Colts. Um, but I'm just going to stick with what I had on my draft board because it will work out fine Correct. for them. I think the Colts roll the dice and go after Caleb Farley here. The, oh, you think they go corner? I think they go I, corner here. I wouldn't be mad about that. I think that'd be a great pick for them. Um, I, I think tackle can be addressed in the next round. It can be. This, um, like I said, this is a very deep draft. Farley does carry that little bit of like uh, mm-hmm. nervousness with his uh, lower back. It was a minor surgery, but, but it's still a back surgery. The Colts surgery. are a great position for him because he does not need to be a starter right away. He doesn't. He can we'll play Rockison. We'll play Xavier Rhodes. We have Kenny Moore. We'll sit Caleb Farley for a year, play him in small small bits. Uh, maybe he'll take Rockison's spot in the middle of the season and be a. We'll have a stronger cornerback situ- uh, room. You know. Yeah, and I think that'd be great for him long term. Yeah, because he goes on on already set defense. Like Correct. You said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have the twenty second pick, and there is a clear player on this board that I can't believe we haven't selected yet. It's the linebacker out of Notre Dame. His name is Jamar Awusa Kamara. And as much as I want the Titans to take him, they literally cannot take him because they have linebackers. Yeah, they cannot. And it's so hard to it's see that there. It, it's almost like the Titans are like, well, let's just get really good at defense, you know? Because they're mm-hmm. like, our offense is where our offense is. Uh, I want to take him. I want to. Ta- I'm not going to take him. I'm going to take uh, Rashard Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. He's another big body receiver. They love those guys. Uh, it gives them another target. Ryan Tannehill can throw to or overthrow to. Can't wait to see that thing not work out for them. But uh, I like Rashard Bateman. I think he's a talented receiver. I just don't think this is going to be a great matchup for them. But it's definitely something I could definitely see happening. No, this makes complete sense to me in my mind. Yeah. Like I had him on my draft board. They got rid of John uh, Smith. They got rid of Corey Davis. Yeah. They need to bring somebody who's a true number two, get some work off Brown, because teams are literally just going to play. We're going to double-team Brown on the edge and stack everyone else mm-hmm. in the blocks to go pick up Henry. Bateman will be able to keep a defense a little bit honest. Yeah, uh, Don, you have the Jets, and I'm hoping that you take this linebacker. I am. I am Great. taking the linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it, it makes so much sense. This is sense. another one of those steel positions for the Jets. Well, because the Jets already went and got their quarterback. Yeah. Robert Sala is a defensive-minded guy. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind that it isn't a defensive player in this spot. And they can go get a quarter, uh, another receiver later in that draft to add to that you know, receiving core. They but, really can. Yeah. But no, um, Jeremiah Oswala is just a beast. His pro day, if anyone missed it, boosted Jeez. his stock in a large, large He's way. explosive, bro. Oh, my goodness. And it gives Sala a new defensive yeah. toy, which I think works great for the organization. He'll be the captain of that team. We don't really know what C.J. Mosley is ever going to play for the Jets oh my since goodness. he doesn't apparently like playing football anymore. But this can be a guy, if C.J. Mosley decides to come back, they'll ruin people in the inside. It's one of those yeah. matchups where I'm like, all right, um, just like I said with the Panthers, Micah Parsons, they're going to have a deadly duo in the linebacker position if the, this team actually ends up running with this. Basically, it just keys for me. Fantasy, avoid playing your running backs against yeah, this it's team. it's going to be fun. Um, so now I have the Steelers at 24. And the Steelers are in this weird position where players don't want to be on that team anymore. Mm-hmm. And corners are not asking to be traded. As much as I want to take a lineman, 
I don't think they're going to do it. I think they'll take a corner. I'm taking Greg Newsom, the second from Northwestern. I think he's a solid corner. I don't think he's anything special. I don't love him. What I do like out of him is zone coverage. He plays zone really, really well. His man coverage, he can be lost in it a lot. Um, I think the the Steelers do run a lot of zone. Um, I think this would be a great position for them. I did want to take Jason Ow out of uh, Penn State. Uh, a pass rusher since they lost uh, uh, Bud Dupree. Yes. But I think cornerback was more It's more pressing for, for them, them at yeah. this moment. I agree. Like Newsom is a solid, solid athlete. His, his length and his size at the corner mm-hmm. position can make him into a really good ball Correct. hawk. He is really strong at that. He, he is a, a guy at this position that I think they need because that – Division is quickly becoming a division of, hey, we have really good receiving cores, and you need to have really good cornerbacks in order to defeat this receiving cores. So, yeah. No, it makes complete sense in my mind. Don, you have the 25th pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars back on the board. Uh, You got to pick them the first time. What do you think they're going to take the second time? I think the second time around, they went and got their quarterback of their future. What do you have to get when you get one of those? You have to go get a lineman to protect him. I think Tevin Jenkins is the move here, personally. Wow, I didn't think you'd take Tevin Jenkins this high. I like Tevin Jenkins. I I know I'm shooting a little bit higher than a lot of people have him on draft stock uh, for where he is from Oklahoma State. But I'm liking Tevin Jenkins. It'll be a great one-two punch for Jacksonville to get a guy to go protect him. He is a mean SOB personally. Like that dude has some like just a mean streak in him, and I think it will work well with the Saxonville mindset to bring I, that back. I I don't think they're gonna bring back that Saxonville mindset, but I do think protecting that 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 guy, the, the, the franchise Trevor, yeah. leader Trevor, um, is huge. Trevor Jenkins does have a lot of uh. Inside agility issues, I think he gets lost in these speed rushers, but it's hard for these these uh, tackles to keep up with those guys. I do like him. I do think he can fit in the right place. He's going to be playing next to an all-pro guard. If he does enter, it'll be a great spot for him. Yeah, it will be. Um, I have your team, the Baltimore Ravens. At the t- 26 is Browns. Oh, my bad. My bad. I have the Browns at the 26th. I forgot. I totally juiced up. Um <laughs> The Browns. This one's easy for me. I have Jason Ow um, out of Penn State. I was just talking about him. I think he's a elite pass rusher. They, they lost Olivier Vernon. They can add Jason Garrett. Uh, not Jason Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Gar- Garrett. Jesus Christ. Uh, Miles okay. Garrett will get a pass rush uh, friend next to him. I think Jason O is my favorite pass rusher in this draft. He's my personal favorite. No, and I, I completely understand why he, he is. He is physically imposing. His pro day was insane. He is 250 pounds. He runs a 4-4. He is awesome. I love this guy. That makes things a little complicated for me at, why? Uh, who, with the Ravens. Is that who you up. were going to take with the Ravens? No. I was looking at Eric Stokes for the Browns, so that makes the Ravens, that leaves Stokes and the guys looking at for the Ravens available. Mm-hmm. But I'm going uh Trevin, um, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but uh, Trevin Mooring, the safety. I'm going with the oh. safety for the Ravens here because there is, from TCU. He's really good. No, he's really good, but there is very, very few safeties in this draft. Yeah. It's right. basically him, and then you're looking third round. Yeah, no, he's he's by far the best safety in this draft. He's a ball hawk. He can smack people in the face. I think this is a great position for him with the Ravens. And if the Ravens somehow land this guy... That defense, because we need safeties. Ever you need like, a safety. Well, yeah, we need someone to step yeah. in, like Chuck Clark saw, but we need somebody yes. to go in there um, for the strong safety position in my mind. And he would be well. amazing in this team with Marcus Peters and Young. This would be a ball hawk team, and that's would, why I, that's why I'm excited for it. Ah, it's just it was hard for me to go and not have a corner because the Ravens love our corners. No, I know, I know. But <laughs> and this, so just thinking logically, like a corner with the light, you know? yeah, it's corner it's like, light. Yeah. You're good. You're good. I think this is a great pick, and I, I'm telling you, if somehow the Ravens do end up with this guy in the draft, I do think in my personal draft board he goes up way higher. He falls to 27. Throw a parade. Yeah, I, yeah. I would be so. I'm buying his jersey day one. Yeah. Um, I have the 28th pick. I have the Saints. Who am I going to go get, Don? There are a lot of needs on this Saints team. Yes. I think they're softly rebuilding. They want to say they're still in contention. I don't think so. But I do think that they can do some stuff. Hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get them a receiver. I'm going to get them my favorite receiver in this draft. I'm giving them Rondell Moore. 
Ooh. out of Purdue. I think he's a down-the-field stretcher. He is fast. He's a guy you can just get the ball to and make plays. Seeing he's a running back slash receiver, him and him and Kamara on the field at the same time will make defensive coordinators cry. And it becomes a it becomes a problem of who do we throw the ball to. That's all. Then that's fine because yeah. especially you have Traquan Smith who should be taking a step forward, who's yeah. also a speedster. This adds a lot of scariness yeah, to that Saints offense it's without a Drew Brees. Dangerous Saints offense. Um I, Don? I'm okay with you taking him there because I am looking at you the looking at 29th overall pick, yeah. the Green Bay Packers, and I'm taking Terrence Marshall Jr. from LSU here. Terrence Marshall Jr. is a underrated receiver. He's not getting enough hype. If he ends up in Green Bay, he excels immediately. He becomes oh, uh, their second best receiver. Oh, that, that's what I'm looking at. Is that's going to be a terrifying toy for Rodgers to have. You have Devontae Adams on one side, Terrence Landry, Marshall a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun to see him there. If it falls this far, which I think it logically could, you have a shot at it because the only other receiver on the board even close is Elijah Moore from Mississippi. Yeah, I'm not sold on Elijah Moore. I think a guy more like uh, Kadavius Tooney is a guy that I think could be drafted in this position. Um, But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but if Marshall falls this far, I think Green Bay snaps him immediately. No, I think you're absolutely correct. I have the 30th pick. We're getting to our last three picks. Uh, I have the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that was just a, a little little too far away from that, that Super Bowl run. They just needed a few more plays. Um, they're missing a few holes. They obviously are a Super Bowl-ready team. Now they're just looking at depth. Now they're just looking at, hey, what can we do to get us to that next level um at this point i think they do need another corner um i think they could use asante samuel jr out of florida state i think they see hey this cornerback draft maybe not as deep as we thought it would be in the second round when it gets back to us let's just go get a corner that will plug and play and be a starter for us immediately no it's not a bad look in my mind Mm -hmm. asante samuel is an elite corner and the bills do need like a little bit Upgrade on the yeah, defense. Yeah, they do. Because like, their offense, like we saw last season, yeah, solid. They don't need yeah. much I was there. thinking about taking Elijah Moore here um, or another receiver, but then I was like, nah. It'll be a redundancy if, as long as they keep around Diggs. Yeah, they, they lost Brown, though, you know, so it's it's a whole thing. But, you know, they got Diggs. They'll be fine. Yeah. They got they got Cole Beasley. They'll be fine. Oh, that's, I love Cole Beasley. Yeah. He's so much fun to watch on the field yeah. there. Um, for me, coming up on the 31st overall pick, we're looking at our final two picks here, our final one each, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. And to me, they have, I think, the biggest glaring need out of everyone else, and that's looking at pass rush. Mm-hmm. And I 100% think they will fill this right away. I think... I'm going with a little bit of a deeper pick here. I think they're going to go after Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. Uh, Mayfield, like, they got rid of Eric Fisher. They got rid of Mitchell Schwartz. I, I, they I need somebody. I think Mayfield is one of these guys that did not that did not play to his level, kind of like Nitty Payne yes. uh, because of that Michigan system. I do think he has the ability to be a good alignment. Um, I don't think he's an immediate starter. With, he, not only will he be an immediate starter in Kansas, he's an immediate Starter and an important one. Yes, he like, will be the star of that line. He, not very, a well, not the star, of, but like he will be motion. one that gets a ton of attention. Yes, yes. I, I think they absolutely I, need him there. I personally would have taken the tackle out of Texas, uh, Samuel Cosme over him. Um, I think Cosme is more pass pass uh, blocking heavy and ready for this a team like this. Even though he does lack in the run blocking game. Uh, if you're looking at a future piece, your guy's a better piece. Well, I think I'm thinking future piece just because Mahomes is young, yeah. and I think the biggest thing that set me over the edge was watching his game tape when he played against Chase Young in 2019, mm-hmm. and he held his own. Yeah, he held his own. One of the that's why I love Rashawn Slater. Yeah. That's why I'm going with Jalen Mayfield there. And I have the last pick in the draft, the Super Bowl winning uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They don't need a lot of sp- positions. They don't. They have a lot of guys returning. M- most of their team did not change. So here's I reached in my goodie bag. And I'm going to give them a present. They're sitting here and they're like, um, Leonard Fournette didn't re-sign with us. Let's just go get the most explosive running Ooh. back in the draft. Let's go get Najee Harris out of Alabama. Um, let's go get Derrick Henry Light. 
Let's go get this kid that can catch. I love that's what we're calling him now. <laughs> but that's what he is. He, he is. He is. He's he's a he's explosive. He can catch the ball. Him and Ronald Jones will tear apart defenses. Um, Bruce Arians likes to play the hot hand, and I promise you, Najee Harris will be the hot hand. He'll pick up the uh, offense, and he will dominate. And it'll be terrifying to play that team. Because all of a be. sudden, you're like, all right, is this going to be the pass-heavy Buccaneers or the Buccaneers that are going to run it down our throats? And I think he'll he'll be a great change of pace from Ronald Jones, like you said. Because you have a great pass catcher, a scat back, and then you've got Najee Harris who will run it right well, into he, you. He also catches the ball really, really well. Najee Harris can run routes and go. And up we'll there. add that I, actual wrinkle that Brady I would almost love. gave them Travis Etienne, the running back out of uh, Clemson, mm-hmm. because he is a much more like pass heavy, uh, pass catching guy. Um, and then they would really have that one two punch. But I really do think. Najee Harris would be a better fit for them because they would just have two dogs that could run between tackles, run outside, and both can catch. They're kind of very similar in their game. It's just, uh, I think, Najee Harris, I call him Derrick Henry light. He has a better ability to catch the ball than Derrick Henry. Yes. Doesn't have the uh, strength that Derrick Henry has. No, and that's fine with me. That would work great for Brady because Brady likes to check down occasionally, but he works well with power backs. All right, guys. Well, that was our very first NFL mock draft. We will be giving you guys one more the week before the NFL draft and giving you guys some of our second round, third round sleepers in positions. But for that, for today's episode, it's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's been really, really great. Donovan, do you have anything to say to our listeners? Uh, no, it's uh, reach out to us if you guys have any hot takes, if you guys want to uh, feature on, on an episode, episodes. If you want reach out if you got questions. If you have an issue, like why did we take this guy here? What's going on there? Yeah, I we want you guys to yell take. at us. Yeah, let us know. Like, I don't know why Donovan took a quarterback for the Lions, but whatever. That's his <laughs> personal draft board. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and don't forget, pray great. for the parlay. This is a Your Last Resorts production.